Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by our senior analyst, Pulitzer Prize finalist, John Brennan. We don't take Thanksgiving week off at Gamble On, uh, although we do, as gambling industry journalists, get really confused when we hear the term Black Friday. Uh, anyway, John, uh, a happy Turkey Day to you and yours. I feel obligated to ask, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Hmm, Eric. Uh, well, I'm I'm a grandson of four immigrants from Ireland, so uh, well, yes, I do go for meat and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, t- turkey and mashed potatoes specifically, although ham also works. Uh, beyond that, if I'm looking to get exotic, I would say. Um, Dinner rolls are good also. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm a sucker for the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. I, I, I love that dish. Uh, and I, I am I am nothing but side dishes this year. This is my first Thanksgiving since going pescatarian. So uh, give me the sweet potatoes, the mashed potatoes, the corn souffle, uh, and the version of the stuffing that wasn't inside a turkey's butt, please. I, I'll pass on all that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we, we'd we'd make a good team if they put the whole Thanksgiving spread spread in front of us. You'll eat your stuff, and I'll eat mine. No competition. I like that. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to everybody out there for joining us for episode number sixteen of Gamble On, or maybe we should call it Gobble On this holiday week. Hashtag dad joke. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Uh, You can find any of our previous 15 episodes on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple podcast app. And we highly recommend you click the subscribe button. That way you'll never miss an episode. And coming up a little later in the podcast, Eric, we'll be speaking with DraftKings Director of Operations, Johnny Avello. Uh, Johnny's a longtime Las Vegas bookmaker, recently left his job at Sportsbook Director at Wynn Resorts uh, to become part of the DraftKings team. And we'll be talking with him about DraftKings plans, some of the challenges of bookmaking, and uh, also his thoughts on this week's big Tiger versus Phil golf showdown. Uh, That's on Friday. But first, we have a lot of news to cover, even in a short week. And so let's start the show. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling.
Our top story this week, uh, it narrowly missed being our top story last week. The October New Jersey revenue numbers came out last Thursday, shortly after we recorded our podcast. And here are some highlights. Sports betting handle went up 41.7% to $260 million. But for a variety of reasons, sports betting revenue was down, cut in half from $24 million to $11.7 million. Online sports betting handle went way up. Uh, Land-based sports betting handle increased only marginally. Online casino had a record month, uh, with Golden Nugget leading the way as usual, while online poker, meh. Uh, I guess the big story in all of this uh, is that sports betting revenue decline uh, due to some combination of bettors having more success and some futures bets from previous months paying out. I know you spoke to several sportsbook operators and got some mixed reactions. Uh, What stands out most to you, John, both in terms of all the revenue numbers and the reactions that were shared with you? Yeah, as far as the reactions go, I, I was really interested to hear from uh, Meadowlands Racetrack operator Jeff Corral. I mean, he's a Manhattan real estate billionaire in his 70s, and he sounded a little rattled about monthly volatility of these numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, I guess he's not used to that somehow. Uh, his counterpart at Monmouth Park, Dennis Drazen, he seemed unruffled, noting that you know, long term it's better for the customers, obviously, to have good months here and there. Uh, and the DraftKings and FanDuel people also seemed unfazed. So it was kind of a mixed reaction there. But um, I was most surprised, really, by the very modest jumps in brick-and-mortar sports betting revenues uh, the past two months now. I mean, I, I thought those numbers also would sort of go up uh, you know, fairly high double digits for at least, say, six months, certainly through the football season. Right. And it's already kind of plateauing almost. And uh, they're good numbers, they're solid numbers. But uh, I thought we'd see big increases maybe until February. So uh, uh, then again, the online numbers are – really are exponential as, as we expected. So uh, the contrast, I guess, is what surprised me most. Yeah, uh, it, it is interesting how the you thought football season would really, really shake things up. And uh, instead, at least at the live books, yeah, it's it's helped. It's it, Some crowds have gathered, but not the way that, that you might have expected. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, on the online side, it's uh, worth noting that Nobody's closing the gap on DraftKings and FanDuel at all yet. Uh, They combined for close to 85% of the online sports betting revenue. Um, And they're really beating customers over the heads with promotions. Um, You know, it's not just the fact that they were first out of the gate at this point. It's also the fact that there are so many bonuses and free bet opportunities and instant refund if you lose and stuff like that. They're willing to take hits to attract customers and keep customers engaged uh, and and it's really working so far. Yeah, it's it's remarkable, you know, we've talked about it before, but they uh they really got it from from day 1 and uh there's an opportunity to seize the market as you say and they're willing to go for some loss leaders. I mean, it's classic business free enterprise uh, you know, it's American <laughs> entrepreneurism. It's uh it's it's impressive. They're uh they're they're proving uh, their their metal really. Yeah. Um, And just a a last note on on the revenue decline. Uh, It's funny how the books are all still winning uh, and people are acting like they're losing just because they're winning less than they were. Uh, The books are still beating the betters. Let's uh, let's not lose sight of that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough uh, tough business when you only win half as much as you won the month, the month before. Right. And that's that's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Our next story is of particular significance to me as a Pennsylvanian. Uh, sports betting is officially live in Pennsylvania. Penn Nationals Hollywood Casino did a soft launch of its sports book last Thursday afternoon with very little warning, then officially opened for business on Saturday. So Pennsylvania is state number seven. Sorry, Rhode Island, you're playing for eighth place now. Um, but I have to say for a major state, uh, a big state with a population of almost 13 million this news came and went fairly quietly. Uh, it probably has something to do with the location. If uh, Parks or Sugar House, you know, something near a major metropolitan area had gone first, the story would have reverberated a bit more, been covered, uh, you know, in, in the Philly papers maybe. Um, but still, uh, I wonder, John, are, are we getting immune to new states starting up sports betting a- after just a few months? Uh, or does the lack of buzz... Uh, have something to do with the fact that online sports betting is what people are really waiting for in Pennsylvania. Uh, well, yeah, I spoke to a number of uh, gaming experts at a press conference at a Resorts Atlantic City Casino on Sunday, and uh, I think the sentiment is that Pennsylvania and Rhode Island already were kind of baked in done deals, so right. neither one of those moves the needles in the industry. They they already kind of checked them off. So uh, we got seven and Rhode Island's eight, and so they're done. So really the focus is after that. So uh, they're going to close out 2018 probably. Uh, the one wild card is is the New York regulators at least could in theory allow the four new upstate casinos to get going. You know next week. I mean out of the blue. Uh, but the heavy lifting in New York State as with online sports betting, as you say, and that sort of thing, that wouldn't come until next spring. So uh, I think uh, New York um, is going to be the most interesting state in the uh, near term. Yeah, that's that's certainly the, the one to watch uh, that uh, it's really going to it will be a big deal whenever the first New York sports book takes bets. And, and in the meantime, a big deal, you know, just getting the legislation uh, clarified and, and, and through. And I guess that that's really your point on, on Pennsylvania and Rhode Island is that the story was when they announced sports betting is coming and it's not quite as big of a story anymore when it's sports betting is here. And th- there have been enough sports book openings now uh, in various states that they just aren't that exciting anymore. You know, they, they didn't even trot out a D-list celebrity for this one uh, at, at Hollywood Casino. It's just whoever is first in line makes the first bet these days. Um, so, so that side of things has, has really diminished. Uh, you reminded me of the uh, I covered the Borgata opening at Atlantic City Casino in 2003. And um, one of the biggest celebrities they had was the daughter of uh, Mick Jagger. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, same. And there was some sort of cable TV show guy. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, what happened there, but uh, right. uh, I, I still remember. I guess if it was a regular A-list person, I wouldn't even remember it happened. So maybe they uh, are smarter than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, will it will they fall far enough to be giving uh, either you or I a call to be the uh, quote unquote celebrity to place a first bet somewhere? Uh, I'll go with no one. I'll go with the under on that. <laughs> go with the under? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say on this, though, that I, I believe online uh, will get a little more uh, attention in Pennsylvania when that uh, goes live. Certainly, I think there will be more conversation about it wherever you go. Um, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to organizing a football Sunday with my friends at parks sometime soon. That seems like fun. But I, I'm much more excited for online, for, for placing bets on my couch right before a game starts. Uh, that's the game changer, as the handle numbers in New Jersey that we already discussed uh, have proven. 
Uh, we will miss your uh, revenue here in New Jersey, though. I must say. <laughs> yep, that, we'll see if that one Starbucks can stay in business without me. <laughs> All right. Our final story this week is a single sporting event uh, that captured the attention of the sports betting world. Monday night's game between the Rams and Chiefs that had an all-time record over-under of about 63, give or take half a point. And smashed it. Uh, <laughs> 63, I, I wasn't paying close attention, but I think we passed that somewhere uh, mid-third quarter. Uh, it was fascinating to watch the total going up and up in in-game betting and betters continuing to pound the over and win multiple bets uh, on the way to the 54-51 final score. The pregame line moves were also interesting. Uh, if you bet the Rams initially when they were minus one, you covered. If you bet them later at minus three and a half, you didn't. And the opposite with betting the Chiefs. It was possible to win this game both ways if you got the Rams early enough and middled it. Um, there were tons of props to bet, uh, shockingly. Uh, betters lost what looked like a safe bet at minus 400 or so on Todd Gurley to score a touchdown. Uh, there was a fun bet I identified in my pregame article that if you expected a shootout, instead of over 63 points, you could go a little riskier and take over eight and a half touchdowns at plus 210 odds. Uh, that one cashed easily as there were 14 touchdowns scored in this game. Uh, this game also affected the Super Bowl odds and the MVP odds, which uh, I'll come back to that and detail those in a bit. But first, uh, I'll ask you, John, is all of this scoring good for football? Do you enjoy watching this? Uh, or is this game our sign that the league has just made it too hard to play defense? Uh, it's pushing the envelope. I, I will say, I think there were three defensive touchdowns and that kind of saved it for me. Uh, yeah, there was a pinball World Series game in 2017 with the Dodgers and the Astros where like all the runs seemed to score on home runs. And I actually turned that game off before it ended because it, it just didn't seem like baseball to me. Yeah. Uh, at least the Chiefs and the Rams had players on both sides of the ball contributing. And uh, by the way, it's not true that I remember the Bears beating the Redskins 73 nothing in the 1940 <laughs> NFL championship game. <laughs> No truth to the rumor that, that uh, right. you were there in person for that one, you're saying. Right. Okay. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you, though, that it, it got a little silly after a while. It was fun to watch, certainly, but there's a little bit of a purist in me who thinks if we get to the point where every game looks like this, it's it's really going to get tiresome fast. Uh, not to mention the, the stats are going to get meaningless soon. Uh, this is a juiced ball era, essentially, that we're entering. Oh, we're we're definitely there already. Even Tom Brady has kind of admitted that, you know, he can't have his numbers compared to, say, a Joe Montana or something. There, it's right. a whole different game now. True. Um, so anyway, I said that the uh, futures odds moved a little bit off of this game. Uh, at Play Sugar House, the Saints and Rams are now Super Bowl co-favorites, both plus 333 to win it all. And the Chiefs are plus 550. Uh, and it's interesting to me because the Chiefs proved they're pretty much equal to the Rams. Um, and they have an easier path in the AFC than the Rams and the Saints do because those two teams need to go through each other. Um, the only reason I'm not going to bet the Chiefs at plus 550 is that I will believe Andy Reid can win a Super Bowl when I see it. Uh, <laughs> that is that is the bitter uh, Philadelphian in me coming out, but still. Um, as for MVP odds, this game really shook that up. Uh, Mahomes was the favorite coming into this game, but despite throwing for six touchdowns and nearly 500 yards, his team lost. So... Breeze is now the favorite at plus 110, and Mahomes is plus 140, and we can just about count out Todd Gurley, who had a lousy game. He's now plus 1,000. 
Uh, I wouldn't give up on Gurley just yet. Yeah, you, you know, I, I ha- did think about that, that if he can really go nuts the last few weeks and if the Rams can still finish with the best record, which they're certainly in range to do, we just, you know, if they keep winning and the Saints lose one more, yeah, maybe if the Rams are 15-1 and one and they're the only 15-1 and one team, uh, then uh, one one bad game for Todd Gurley gets forgotten and he still uh, sneaks this thing out. Uh, for the sake of our fictional bankroll, I hope so. You're still in it, Eric. Don't give up. <laughs> Thanks. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. We now welcome to the show one of the most recognizable names in Las Vegas bookmaking. Johnny Avello has been in the industry for four decades and was the sportsbook director for Win Resorts for the past 13 years until DraftKings hired him away this fall to become their new director of operations. With so much going on in the sports betting world and with DraftKings causing so many big waves, it's the perfect time to have him on our podcast. So, Johnny, welcome to Gamble On. Oh, thank you. Uh, so DraftKings recently opened its first land-based sports books uh, in Mississippi and in New Jersey. Uh, and I presume with you in Las Vegas, they'd like to eventually have a, a brick-and-mortar presence there as well. Uh, is that the case? And how big a piece of the DraftKings sports betting initiative is the land-based aspect? Well, um, let's put the... Uh the horse before the cart. Okay. <laughs> so we opened up, uh, we opened up Mississippi, uh, this weekend and, um, at the Scarlet Pearl, uh, partnership there with the Scarlet Pearl casino, um, our first retail location and, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, today's our fourth day, our fifth day, actually things are going well. Um, and soon, uh, we'll have a, retail partnership in new jersey which we already have a mobile app so um just we're on the move now what's going to come you know down the road that's still yet to be determined so um can't really tell you because uh you're still working on it okay but so just to the las vegas point uh it's too soon to say um but with you being out there that's uh something i assume that uh that you and DraftKings would like to do I, I would say so. Yeah. Remember the team here, the the team we've assembled in Las Vegas, um, we're actually uh, controlling the odds and the data and all the different types of bets from Las Vegas. So uh, the the team is here in Las Vegas controlling it for you know other uh, places around the country. So that's that's why I'm I'm, I'm in Las Vegas, and uh, so the team is all based here. Gotcha. All right. All right, Johnny, I was at the uh, new DraftKings Sportsbook in Atlantic City uh, uh, on Tuesday, uh, kind of got a sneak preview, and I see there are five teller windows and 12 self-betting kiosks planned. Uh, is that ratio common now at Sportsbooks yet, and can I assume it is all going that way? And uh, one other point to that, uh, I noticed about an hour before the early kickoffs on Sunday, I counted 42 people online, and one woman, by the way, uh, <laughs> uh, online at another Atlantic City casino sportsbook, even though most could have signed for signed on for an online account and probably placed their bets even before they got to the window. So uh, where are we going with self-betting versus uh, traditional teller windows? Well, there's two schools of thought there. There's there's people that want to make their own wager and they don't want to go up to the counter. They're used to doing things on their own, you know, with, and they're very savvy when it comes to the new technology, making wagers on apps is very simple for them. And then there's the old school 
people who just want to go to the counter and make their wagers there, don't want to be bothered with downloading an app and opening an app and want to talk to somebody at the counter and feel more comfortable that they're going to be getting their wager in correctly. And so there's, there's always going to be people that want to do the point of sale. Uh, and I understand that. I mean, I, I've, uh, you know, I've had customers that just tell me that uh, I don't want to get involved in that type of wager, and I like doing it the old-fashioned way. Um, as was widely reported, uh, October and uh, the first weekend of November uh, featured some some tough results for the books, some some tough Sundays uh, mixed in there. Um, as a bookmaker, are there extreme emotional swings to the job, or do you personally remain pragmatic and not overly emotional? I try to stay <laughs> calm and I, you know, cause I know how the seasons work. You know, you have some good time, days, you have some bad days, you have some periods where you go through where it seems like uh, nothing's going right for you as a bookmaker. But over time, I just hope that what you're doing works out for you. Uh, and you know, you have the juice going for you at 11 to 10 mm-hmm. and that's really all you have going for you. Uh, that's the, that's the difference. Uh, you know why the bookmaker is supposed to make money when it's all said and done, but it, it's you no, know, it can be a it can be an emotional roller coaster. And being as long as I have, I try to find ways sometimes to uh, to kind of not think about it as much. Uh, you know, maybe do a little bit of meditation or kind of get away from it for a day. So you know, you live it. It's your job, and you it just becomes part of you. Okay. Uh, I'm curious, how, how hard is it facing your bosses on a Monday morning uh, after the book gets clobbered on a Sunday? Uh, is, is that is that tough or they sort of understand, well, you're, there are going to be days like that and they don't take it out on you? Well, I've been fortunate enough to work for uh, companies that actually know the game and know what it's about. And that, you know, that goes back to working at Wynn for 13 years. My bosses there understand the game. They know they're going to be times where things aren't going so well and uh they actually didn't even give me a phone call after bad weekends and the DraftKings guys are similar so they all they know the game they're not uh they don't sweat it they actually it's more about the customer service aspect you just keep giving good service um and the customers are going to win sometimes and they're supposed to win because uh, if people lost all the time, we wouldn't be doing this. So <laughs> right. um, when the customers win, that's fine. And that's, uh, you know, when, when we win, it's fine. And like I said, it goes back to that, that little bit of juice that we hold over long periods of time. Right. Okay. Uh, Johnny, what about Tiger versus Phil, uh, the big golf match on Friday, kind of mano a mano? Uh, is this a difficult sort of event to lay odds on first? And also, can you project the level of likely volume, say, compared to a, you know, whether it's an NFL game or an NHL game or a middle major conference college basketball game in, you know, January? Uh, like, do you have any sense of how, how big it's going to be? And, and also about uh, laying the odds on this? I was really excited when the match uh, took you know, it was announced and I put it up right away. I think I had it up minus 150 Tiger Woods and it, over time it ran up over the course of a couple of months or so it ran up to $2 and that's where it sits now. Um, the, I, there's a few things I don't like about it. I don't, I didn't know it was going to be a pay-per-view and people had to pay for it. Uh, and the timing of where it is and the, you know, the placement it's on a Friday and there's a lot going on a Friday, a lot of college football, and so uh, it, I think it's going to do okay. It's going to be watched and it's going to be bet. 
but it may not have the impact that I first thought it might. Um, I'm going to do some different types of bets to make it exciting for the players that walk into our, uh, you know, into our books, going to do more than just a match going to have up, you know, who's going to get the lead first, uh, who's going to have the lead after so many holes. Uh, will they go into more than 18 holes? Will it be like a so-called sudden death? Um, you know, and, uh, and more, you know, so we're, we're working, I'm actually working on that, uh, just before I spoke to you guys. So trying to put up more content, make it more exciting. Um, I know there's some side bets. There's also going to be closest to the pin. I think we'll have that up in longest drive. We'll also have that up. So, uh, I'm kind of, I'm still excited about it, but it's just the, the placement of it was a concern to me. Yeah, one other thing, uh, Rory McIlroy, he just said uh, he thinks uh, 50, he said 15 years ago, if they had this event, it would have been unbelievable to him. But now, you know, he didn't say they were over the hill, but that was the implication that it's not quite that's what it would have been 15 years ago. Well, let me tell you something about Tiger and Phil. Um, these guys throughout their career have uh, had quite a following and they're going to have a following just like when Jack Nicholas tees off. You know, when he was teeing off at the Masters, when he was still out there hitting the ball, and Arnie, they were out there still watching him and still following the guys around. And, you know, these two guys draw a crowd. And, yeah, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're over the hill a little bit at this time, but they can still play. And, and you know, for $9 million, I, I think you're going to see their A games out there. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I agree with Rory on that. Uh, maybe maybe that shows maybe a little bit of jealousy on Rory's part. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if anyone's offering him uh, this kind of money for like a showdown with with Jordan Spieth fifteen years from now. He might feel a little differently about uh, about these quote unquote over the hill guys. Very true. <laughs> All right. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Johnny. Uh, thanks so much for for joining us on Gamble On. Uh, congrats again on the new gig with uh, DraftKings, and uh, of course, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah, same to you guys and the listeners, and we'll speak again soon. All right, thanks, Johnny. Two men. Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to the Fast Five shortly, but we start, as always, with our shared bankroll. And sad to say, the winning streak is over. After five straight winning weeks, we needed the Chiefs on the money line Monday night to lock in a profit. And they, and we, fell one drive short. Uh, We split your college football bets once again, John. We lost $110 on Ohio State, and we won $100 on Rutgers. So uh, we are minus 10 uh, on those, and then we lost another hundred bucks on that Chiefs money line bet that I mentioned. In terms of futures, no good news. And as we discussed uh, during the news segment, Drew Brees screwing up our MVP bets is looking uh, very realistic. Anyway, we are now in the black by a mere $245. Uh, plus, we have 1770 tied up in futures bets, leaving us $8,475 to bet with this week. And you are up first, John. Uh, I will mention my Spurs uh, 300 uh, on the uh, under 43 and a half. I think it is. I'm I'm still confident. Now. I think they're eight and eight or so now. So, okay. um, so don't don't give up hope there either. Um, <laughs> Fingers see, crossed. Bet number 
Yeah, bet number one, I, I have to go, obviously, with the Phil versus Tiger match. Um, this reminds me of my easy money win from the Ryder Cup uh, uh, betting on Europe uh, because so many people want to bet the, the U.S. And here, everybody wants to bet Tiger. Um, it's less of a lock, but this match actually really is a toss-up. And uh, I followed golf closely enough. Uh, Phil has beaten Tiger plenty of times, mano a mano, you know, uh, Phil's the greatest player never to be ranked number one for obvious reasons, but um, he's not intimidated by this. And uh, But you wouldn't know it from the odds. Uh, so give me 200 to win 350 on Phil at plus 175. And we have a real chance to boost that bankroll. Yeah, uh, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a nice win there. And yeah, I think uh, that's a good bet. Those odds are maybe just a little too long on, on Phil. So uh, yeah, worth a shot. I like it. There, there's a lot to be made, frankly, on that. That's the only pick I'm making. But I mean, there's there's a, you can get odds on whether somebody will be disqualified. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> uh, it, or, is either one going to hit the ball in the water? Um, no. Is either one going to hit out of bounds? Probably not. But they won't hit in the water. <laughs> okay. Um, for my first bet, uh, I'm pulling a double audible uh, on this one. Uh, I was going to bet on the Bears. Uh, then I saw that Mitchell Trubisky might not play. So I said, screw that. Um, I considered betting the under on the Bears-Lions game, uh, in part because Trubisky's out. Uh, but as we've said, betting unders is no fun. Uh, so I found this bet. Uh, it's for a basketball game tonight, Wednesday night. Uh, the 76ers are favorites at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they're minus 184 on the money line. I don't love that. However, a parlay of, uh, I know I know parlay is a dirty word in your mind, John, but hear me <laughs> out. A parlay of Sixers to win and Ben Simmons to record a double-double is plus 190 on FanDuel. Uh, so we go from minus 184 just on the Sixers to win to plus 190 on those two things to happen. Uh, ben Simmons, in 17 games, he's played in full this season, so I'm not counting uh, the game that he got injured eight minutes into the game and, and sat out the rest. In the 17 games he's played in full, he has 13 double-doubles. Um, so I'm putting down $100 to win 190 on this parlay. I'm not super confident that the Sixers are going to win. I think it's close to a 50-50 toss-up kind of game. But if they do win, may as well parlay it with an almost sure thing. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, well, I got to keep my promise from last week. Uh, uh, my spoiler alert saying I'm going to take Michigan over Ohio State. Um, I'm going to risk 165 to win 150. Um, yes, it's the Buckeyes home game. And yes, I wish they had played a little better against Maryland. Not only to win my pick last week, but to give me maybe a, a, a fewer points to give. But I'll give the four. Uh, Michigan has the better offense, the better defense. And the Wolverines are bloodthirsty, so to speak, I think, to, to end a six-game losing streak in this epic rivalry. I'm pretty confident in this one. Okay. Um, for my uh, final bet this week, um, I didn't make a Thanksgiving football bet, as I said, but I am making a Sunday football bet. I'm going over 46 points in the Eagles-Giants game. Uh, the Eagles' defense is bad and getting worse. Uh, I believe one of the cheerleaders is starting at free safety this week. Uh, and the Giants, of course, have some offensive weapons. I'm not saying the Giants will necessarily win, although that wouldn't surprise me. But whoever wins this game, I don't think it'll be too low scoring. So I'm betting 110 to win 100 on the over. 
And we wrap up with the Fast Five. After week 10, you were 27, 22, and 1. I was 24, 23, and 3. And even though uh, you won our big head-to-head with the Raiders defeating the Cardinals in the gamble-on game of the week, <laughs> you, had, you had a down week otherwise, and I had an up week otherwise. Uh, I got very lucky with both the Seahawks and the Steelers covering by a half point, particularly that Steelers cover, uh, to go 3-2 and two in week 11. Uh, and you had near misses with both the Texans and the Chiefs, uh, so you went two and three. So heading into week 12, it's getting very close. You're in the lead at 29, 25, and one. My record is 27, 25, and three. So you're basically one game ahead of me in the standings. Exciting stuff. And you're up first this week. Yeah, you know, I, I've tried to be methodical and realize that, well, yes, a high volume or high spending better you know, needs to carefully chase the extra point or half point in a line. And uh, I've always told myself that with only 85 picks in 17 weeks, you know, how much is a half point going to matter? Well, with these two brutal beats I just had and, and you're gaining on me <laughs> with your close calls and, and it's just happening week after week. I, I, I think I want to wise up uh, because my chance at the coveted inaugural gamble on trophy suddenly seems in jeopardy. So, so here we wow. go. Adam Small gets to work on uh, ordering a trophy i hadn't even thought about that until just now but uh yeah we're gonna need a physical trophy clearly let's make it happen so uh with that in mind redskins plus seven and a half points versus the cowboys there you go uh what a gift line i mean the skins are one one of only five teams to have allowed fewer than 200 points this season and rarely do they allow more than 21 points uh colt mccoy is a tremendous backup quarterback Uh, admittedly it's a a pretty feeble superpower, uh, but still, it's something. Uh, it's a good money line play here, too. Uh, skins are in that kind of you-can't-kill-me-I'm-already-dead mood, and that, that's <laughs> kind of a nice spot to be in, I think. Uh, the Cowboys are not not great. Uh, number two, uh, Eagles minus six versus the Giants, staying in the NFC East. Um, the, the Giants stagger past the 2-8 and eight 49ers and 3-7 and seven Bucks, and uh, New York City Sports Radio uh, talk, talk show hosts and, and callers has them making a miracle run at the division title. I mean, please. The Eagles are dysfunctional <laughs> and, and, and wounded, but they have they at least have this one of them, for sure. Um, back to Thanksgiving for number three. Give me the Falcons plus 13 at the Saints. Uh, Redskins have allowed more than 40 percent of their season points total to these two teams uh which hints at the shootout we can expect and uh the falcons can hang in there i, I i'm actually astonished at this line uh, saints are great and the falcons are mediocre but 13 wow i'll take it uh speaking of which uh, i'll take the cardinals plus 11 and a half of the chargers you know chargers somehow managed to lose to the broncos last week um chargers will win this game but they, they make too many mistakes and they can't be trusted so um i'll take the uh the boring cardinals loss which they are pretty good at uh finally the uh, packers plus four and a half of the vikings on sunday night i, I just can't bury aaron Rodgers just yet I, I just can't uh maybe a wisconsin high school coach has come to the aid of mike mccarthy to explain clock and timeout management to him i, I i'm just the thinking that has to be the case and in that case they'll uh, they'll cover that one <laughs> all right so we have um one shared pick and no head-to-heads this week so a uh, relatively drama-free uh fast <laughs> five but uh, here are my picks um and i'll start with our shared pick it's a thanksgiving game uh, I know that Washington is banged up, and I know that Dallas is, is coming on lately, but weird things happen in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, like you said, seven and a half points going over a touchdown. It's just too much, and 
I think Washington is going to be insulted by that, and they're going to be fired up, and and I think they'll cover uh, even behind their backup quarterback. Speaking of uh, teams that might feel a little disrespected, the Bills are three-point dogs at home against Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Home dogs, we've talked about their track record this year, and the Jags season is essentially over at 3-7. and seven. I could see the Bills scoring the upset here. One home dog I don't believe in, however, is the New York Jets. I think the Patriots are ready to make a statement. They're seven and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, I know they've been dicey on the road this season, but come on, it's the Jets. Jets gonna Jets. Uh, So I'll take the Pats, uh, even though that extra half point does scare me a little. Uh, We've talked about how the Panthers are a different team at home versus on the road. I foolishly picked them on the road anyway the last two weeks, and I paid the price. Uh, But at at home, favored by just a field goal against Seattle, I'm taking Carolina again to cover the three points and uh, remain in good shape in the wild card picture. And for my last pick, uh, last week uh, you showed no respect for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I I, I tell you, John, uh, Andrew Luck is doing Andrew Luck things again. Uh, I think Frank Reich is an excellent coach. Um, I don't know what kind of shape uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to be in for the Dolphins coming back uh, off an injury. Um, But, uh, you know, it's sort of like what you said last week, even though even though you, you know, you identified it wrong. uh, Your theory was the Titans were just a better team than the Colts. That's basically my theory here. I I think the Colts are just a significantly better team than Miami. Uh, They're at home. It is a big spread. It's nine and a half. um, But I still like Indy to cover that uh, massive spread. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And, of course, a happy Thanksgiving to everyone. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and John at Bergen Brennan. And follow US Bets at US underscore Bets. Go to USBets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling. And subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. And with that, John, please take us out. Everybody, turkey up. And until next time, gamble on. <laughs>